tomorrow, it's probably going to look normal. But believe me, behind the scenes, it is anything but normal. Rob Schmitz in Shanghai for us talking about the chaos in the Chinese markets the past couple of days. Thanks, Rob. Thanks a lot, Kai. All right, so let's move on from, uh, I guess you'd call it financial China, right, to real China. Because once you do the regression analysis and you take stocks and the markets out of the equation, what is the actual economic impact of a slowing Chinese economy on the rest of us, on the rest of the world? For that, here's Marketplace's Scott Tong in Washington. Always keep this in mind. When the Chinese stock market sneezes, no one necessarily catches a cold. David Dollar at the Brookings Institution is a former China country director for the World Bank. You and I cannot easily buy stocks on the onshore Chinese stock market. We don't have to worry that Americans have lost a lot of money. That's not happening. The market is, you know, fairly closed. What really matters is the physical stuff bought and sold, or not sold to China, as is the case today, especially commodities. One index of metals and minerals prices plunged to half of last year's level. Michael Herberg at the National Bureau of Asian Research says this is not a short-term business cycle slowdown. China's whole economy is shifting away from smokestacks and cement mixers to consumers. It's created enormous overcapacity in steel, aluminum, glass, cement. And that's driven a huge decline in Chinese consumption of all these uh, basic commodities. Including oil. China is the biggest, most important buyer of Saudi crude. And oil is created in part because China's car sales have fallen from 20% growth to 5 Auto consultant Michael Dunn is the author of American Wheels, Chinese Roads. Consumer confidence is not what it used to be. The other thing going on is that the cities are congested like never before. And the governments are making it more and more difficult to buy cars. Cars with a popular bumper sticker that kind of reflects today's world economy, confronting a slowing, transforming China. It reads, sorry, novice. I'm Scott Tong for Marketplace. Sorry, novice. Yeah, it was ugly on Wall Street today. Real, real ugly. We'll have the details when we do the numbers. Facebook and its founder Mark Zuckerberg have been having a rough go of it in India of late. The company's been working on a free internet program over there, Free Basics, it's called. But there have been loud and plentiful objections raised over restrictions on which websites can be visited, what will happen to all the data that will be gathered. And so late last month, Indian regulators suspended the service pending an investigation. The BBC's South Asia correspondent Justin Rowlett filed this dispatch. You would think people would be grateful to be offered something for nothing. Well, that ain't necessarily so, as Facebook's youthful founder is finding out in India. With 130 million users, India is already Facebook's second biggest market in the world. Mr Zuckerberg got a bear hug when he met the Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi in Silicon Valley late last year. And the degree of opposition has clearly taken him and his company by surprise. But maybe the real problem is how this offer has been presented. Mr Zuckerberg talks about free basics as if it were an act of charity. He's equated what he's offering with the provision of essential services like free basic education and health care. 
Many Indians, proud of the freedom they gained from the country's British colonisers, don't want some foreign billionaire telling them which services they must use and which sites they can visit. What's more, they don't like to accept handouts from anyone, particularly when they suspect the gift is really part of a strategy to gouge profits in the future. But this debate will soon be over. Today is the deadline for comment on the issue. It will then be up to the Indian Telecoms regulator to decide the future of the service. For Marketplace, this is Justin Rolat in Delhi. One hears a lot, especially in the high-tech boom that we're having, of internet companies selling for billions of dollars, making founders and investors insanely rich. One hears not quite as much about companies that sell for far, far less, leaving sometimes angry and disappointed people in their